welcome to the Nomadic Mindset Season 1. My name is Kevin Cottom, a global nomad and the author of the leadership book, The Nomadic Mindset Never Settle for Too Long. Over the season, we will go on a journey to discover what is the nomadic mindset and how you can tap into that. For this, I will be interviewing a diverse group of cross-cultural thought leaders from all walks of life. So let's get on with it. Let's go nomading together. Welcome back to The Nomadic Mindset. And if you are tuning in for the first time today, welcome and enjoy the journeys we go on in each episode. In this episode, The Nomadic Mindset meets leaders are not heroes, they are humans. To speak about this is executive coach Ritu Meresh. I know Ritu, and she is certainly a woman on a mission to humanize leadership. There are many things I love about Ritu, and one is that she provides a refreshing and unique perspective on leadership by talking about the challenges, dilemmas, and blocks that leaders go through in their journey. She is the writer of the new leadership book, Leader's Block. Let's find out from Ritu, and to start with, what she means about humanizing leadership. So, Rito, it's really wonderful to have you on as a guest to the Nomadic Mindset today. I'm just very, very excited. I mean, we have been on an interesting journey, similar paths in the last few years, and that's why I would like to understand a little bit more about you and, and also the leadership block, but also what that has to also do with mindset and around the nomadic mindset and how it plays in. So I'm going to start off by, first of all, I noticed something on your, which I thought was very interesting on your profile, and you talk about humanized leadership. So humanized leadership. What do you mean by humanizing leadership? Okay, great. So firstly, thank you, Kevin, for having me on uh, on your show. Uh, Very excited. And as you said, it's, you know, we've been on similar paths, so it's really nice to be doing this with you. So thanks once again. Now, coming to your question about humanizing leadership. So basically, that is my inner theme, so to say, Uh, you know, that is a broader theme that I have, you know, as part of the work that I do, which is really about change, you know, kind of telling, telling of maybe creating more awareness around that leaders are not superheroes, they are humans. And, uh, you know, therefore, they are going to have, you know, the usual thing that humans go through, they will fail, they will feel uh, demotivated at times. They will feel uninspired at times. Uh, they will not perform on top of the game all the time. Uh, and that's what makes them human. So so my bigger theme is humanizing leadership, just saying don't treat your leaders like demigods or like superheroes. Ah, demigods. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> people do that, right? Is treat right. them as demigods. And uh, that also is a mindset, actually, that goes into people, right? Is That's what they think, the perception or the perspective of of leaders. And so if that's the case, you're, you talked about this inner theme. What does that inner theme do for you now that you have this, uh, this strength around humanizing leadership? What, what has that done for you? Yeah. And that's a great question, Kevin. So what the inner theme or what this whole theme of humanizing leadership, what that's done for me uh, in my area of work is that this is kind of a little compass, so to say, you know, so anything that I look at, uh, whether it's through my coaching, whether it's through my speaking or running these masterclasses, the lens I wear is how do we break, break whatever model or whatever thing we're talking about, whatever problems or solutions, 
in in a way that kind of relates at a human level, which makes it more human. You know, so for example, a very small example, we talk about communication. Now there are lots of models, different types, different frameworks. But when I look at them, uh, look at all of those, my key objective or my lens to that is how is this communication helping humanize me? How is this making a leader look more, feel more, sound like like a human rather than than a robot or rather than somebody who's trained or who's you know who's trying to behave like has got everything together? So everything I look at now is is with this lens of is it human? Is it real? Is it, you know, is it how we feel? So, so yeah, that's, that's how this theme has helped me look at all my work with the lens of putting the, the human element back into leadership. I like the way you talk about the lens. And also I like the way you talk about, uh, it sounds like you're in a reflection is that you, you ask this question, even as you approach either a speech or, or a client that you might have and to and which then I would imagine starts to help you is to expand into their realm. Would that be so? Absolutely. Because, you know, so for example, if you think of uh, preparing for a speech, preparing for a keynote, the minute you start thinking, oh, this is going to be my speech. This is what I'm going to share. This is what, you know, people are going to get out of it. That is one part of it. You need to do a little bit of it. But if you make that the entire part, you miss, you know, you miss the key point. Uh, and that's where that's the point where I focus, which is about okay. So you know these people are are having this journey. They've had a tough time because you know the company has gone through restructuring or transformation or change. They're dealing with so much of that. How do I empathize more with them? How do I connect with them more so that I can tell the stories that I'm telling uh, that they can relate to and they can find comfort in them and they can learn something from them. So really, kind of you know applying that lens even when I'm preparing for for a keynote. For them, uh, and that's exactly what it what it's done for me. You know, is, is always to apply that lens, as I said. And what if you, what if leaders were to actually apply that lens? I mean, what would that do for the way they communicate, or the way they yeah. empathize, empathize, or the way they lead, or the way they look at the, the whole sort of the the business model that they have? I mean, what what, what would right. that do for them if they stopped yeah. for a moment and thought that way? That's right. And Kevin, that kind of, it's a nice segue into what I want to talk about is leaders block. Actually, when leaders start to look at themselves as humans, uh, then there is more acceptance of their own failures or of their own challenges, of their own blocks, uh, you know, and acceptance of that, yeah, they don't have answers to everything uh, that they can also fail or that they can also not know something, right? So that is what uh, when they apply the humanizing leadership element, they look at themselves as human or as any of the other team members in their team. Uh, you know, they're no different. Uh, and that's when the real magic starts happening of them accepting, acknowledging, and then reaching out and asking for help and building those bridges with their teams or, uh, you know, or with people outside of the organization, but really reaching out and come on saying that, you know, I, I don't know it and I need help. Yeah, it's that awareness huh, that we all need to know. But that's a mindset as well, right? And that exactly. also, we have to get to that point. And sometimes it's very difficult to get to that. And But, you know, we this, I think, what you're talking about flows beautifully into mindset as well. I mean, I love that what you're talking about, accepting, acknowledging, and reaching out. And it's really about being the mirror 
But it takes a certain mindset to be able to do that. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. So you rightly said, it does take a mindset to accept something. But one of the ways I found is, you know, the way to develop that right mindset is when you look around, uh, when you start to think you are not alone in this. So I'll give you a little bit of a backstory. When I was working on my book, Leader's Block, and Leader's Block is about the challenges and the blocks that leaders go through in their leadership journey. And therefore, the name Leader's Block comes from Writer's Block. So when I was interviewing leaders for the book, one of the things I found is that while you know they, they were okay to share their stories of, of struggle, of failures, of dilemmas that they went through, there was still a sense of reluctance in taking these stories out. Uh, you know, because they felt they'll be judged. They thought they're the only ones. They thought that how can they be leaders and not know this? Uh, but what happened was by the time I got to my 20th or 30th interview, when I started telling leaders that, you know, I've heard this kind of story before, or I've interviewed 30 leaders before you, and they've all said the same thing. There was that sense of relief. There was that sense of, oh, I'm not alone in this. And the minute they got that, the, again, the mindset shift we are talking about comes in because then you start thinking it's pretty normal. You know, this is not something that's happening only to me or I'm not the only one. And therefore, then the acknowledgement of that becomes much more easier. Uh, and that's exactly what I try and do now in my coaching and in my speeches is just this, that tell that, you know, tell the leaders that they are not alone in this, like everybody around them is going through it. And from there then starts the the opening of minds of saying, yeah, this is quite normal. Uh, and therefore I can, you know, I'm okay to acknowledge it. So it, it, it's like a slow mindset shift, but, but it does come from the fact that, that they're not alone in this. Mm, that not alone. Sometimes I will say, do you really think that you're unique in this situation? <laughs> Correct. You know, exactly. Like, exactly. No, wake up. <laughs> wake up. Right. <laughs> we all have these things. It's not That's particular right. to you. So, no. but we get into that, as you say, the block. And the way I can relate that is through the work that I've done with a nomadic mindset is, is this narrowing and yeah. thinking pattern. And it becomes that narrow almost into a settler thinking is that we have these blocks which really close us instead of expand that that whole thinking pattern or, or even our bodies or the whole entity of ourselves to to be able to accept as you say and acknowledge and then reach out but if we the closing is a hard thing for them then to reach out because if yeah. they're closed and that's a mindset itself right that's correct that's correct and in fact, you know, a great point that you made about narrowing their point of view is uh, one of the, uh, you know, one of the strategies to overcome a leader's block uh, really starts with, uh, with the big picture, you know, of the ability to uh, step back and, uh, you know, get a bigger perspective, uh, zoom out and, you know, look at things broadly. And that's where a lot of shifts start to happen when you pull yourself out from the issue that you're facing and kind of, you know, look at the bigger picture. Uh, you know, a longer time period, and suddenly things start to fall in, um, in in place, and you get a very different perspective. So that's really about broadening your horizon or really broadening your outlook. Mm. Yeah, I love the way you talk about that because, uh, as you say in the blog, um, usually when clients come to us, right, as a coach, 
yeah. is they come in a more of a narrower state of mind because they're Correct. worried about something or blocked or yeah. or in stress or whichever, which cl- closes the not only the physical being but the mind up. Yeah. And what I see is the the one of the coaches mandates and actually what we're supposed to do is to be able to hold hold them to that narrowness meet them in that world and then start pulling them out but through the curiosity and questions right uh so so one of the you know as you probably know is one which sinks beautifully into this wider picture is the wonderful quote that i got from bindaria in mongolia was think vastly act narrowly Hmm. so it's really about that in many ways is thinking that space and that vastness and then acting in uh, very quickly and focusing in on what you need to solve or the decision. That's right. And that's a beautiful quote, uh, you know, think fastly, act narrowly. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, Can you share with us a little bit more about this journey in actual fact that you took to get to leadership block. How did you get there? Because I know that you have a very interesting story yourself. And so I would like to just share with us that. Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, so so I'll, I'll give a little longer answer to this. Okay. So bear with me. Kevin, as you're aware, I, I do have a big, uh, you know, huge, long corporate experience before I started doing what I do now. Uh, so I worked in the corporate world for 20 years. Then when I, uh, you know, quit that and I started coaching leaders, and I started speaking and meeting more and more leaders, I realized, you know, that there were, there weren't any, there was like lots of material which told leaders, you know, how to be more effective, how to be more productive, how to be more successful, um, efficient, but actually there wasn't enough material of very little material that talked about leaders' challenges, that talked about, you know, the the dilemmas that leaders go through in their leadership journey or go through in their day-to-day life. And I started to reflect back on my own journey that, you know, I had gone through so many programs, um, but actually a lot of times nobody really talked about the daily, uh, you know, the daily challenges that I had when I was leading a big team of thousand people across eight countries and five continents. You know, nobody really talked about a lot of those challenges. So when I came on the other side of the table, one of my key objective was that I want to talk about stories. uh, You know, I want to talk about stories that are that are told by leaders you know leaders which are not told too often so therefore i took this whole approach of you know and, and my book is really you know is has a lot of stories of the leaders uh, for the leaders by the leaders uh, you know and uh, and that's really the uh, the key message that i have in the book is that these these stories of real leaders and i and as I was, I was interviewing a lot of lot of leaders for my book it kind of i reflected and a lot of my own stories were came into mind. And in fact, one, one of the stories that I, I tell even in my keynotes and in my, in my book is about myself going through a leader's block. You know, I, I was a very good performer, uh, you know, really high, really high, highly rated and was like, you know, quite a rock star. Uh, and then I went through this leader's block where I went from being, you know, this really rock star to a flop star. Like, you know, I went from my team fighting for my promotion to my team then asking to move out of my team. Uh, and as I reflected now uh, on that particular incident, I realized that was a classic leader's block. You know, I was stuck with something in a situation there. Yeah, so all, so that's just one, one of my stories. But in the book and in my keynote, I tell a lot of stories of all these other leaders. Uh, you know, and therefore, 
the audience is able to relate to them. And, you know, as I tell them, like audience, like I, I almost see all the time, like audience nodding their head saying, yeah, that, that could be me actually, or there's like part of me there. Uh, and that's the whole idea. And that's the way to normalize leaders' block. Yeah, I like the way that you, uh, your story very much. And I know that you went through some challenges. We all do. Yeah, again, we're not unique in this situation, yes. right? As I say, uh, but I think that what you said there is uh, the flop star is that the flop star again gets into our system, or into our genetics almost, is to, it, it takes us down. And that starts narrowing us and narrowing us again. And so that's that mindset that, you know, yeah. we, we start believing in our our problems, right? That right. we have these. But, but you know, what you're doing and, and, and normalizing, I think, is fantastic. And because what is normal, right? And, and yeah. we, it's different for everyone. What, I, my question to you on this is that I know that you do an awful lot of work uh, not only with the leaders, but you're also is a coach. But what is it that you do in a larger capacity besides speaking? Do you do workshops and do you do other things like that? Or Yeah. So um, what I do now, of course, from, as, as you said, from, apart from coaching and speaking, I've also built a masterclass around uh, leaders block. It's called transformative leadership. So that's a two day uh, program where leaders go through, uh, you know, which is, again, the whole idea is to build awareness uh, about the possible challenges that come their way or will come their way. And then how do they deal with them? Not only for themselves, but also for their teams, Uh, you know, because the leader could be in perfect shape, but if he doesn't have the ability to recognize these symptoms or acknowledge these symptoms in the teams, in his teams, in his or, or her teams, then also there's a damage that's happening. Because then it's it's kind of not enabling him to perform at hundred uh, mm-hmm. percent. So so it's not only for himself but also for uh, you know for his his or her teams. So it's it's relevant for both. And then the second part of the program is really about how do you build uh, sustainability. So that's called that I'm calling leadership staying power. Like how do you play the long term game? Uh, you know how do you avoid these blocks in terms of you know their frequency and their intensity? Now that you know that they exist and they will again, they'll come in your uh, journey again. So how do you, um, how do you minimize their impact? Uh, and therefore, how do you build that leadership staying power? Uh, so day two is more about practices, how to do that. And uh, so that, that's what I do apart from speaking and uh, coaching. Wow. That's great. It sounds like a wonderful transformative leadership uh, uh, journey, really with, with that you're taking people on to humanize the leadership, as you that's say. Correct. And, so again, I think even though we have this talk about the block, but there is this whole thing about today with 21st century organizations yeah. that they have to transform the business model into a whole business model. And many of them are working on a 20th century, which is not the today. Yeah. So how, and that can create a block. Because yeah. how to transition from one to the other. And again, it's about, I see it, you know, not only a block, but it, that block has got to do with the mindset as to how, because the mindset is driving everything. The behaviors, right. the qualities, and whatever is happening with the block is driving that. So how do we link then the mindset, such as, you know, I've been talking about the nomadic mindset, and it's also the builder mindset and settler mindset. How do we link those to 
having that humanizing leadership, but that wholeness. So in other words, so that organizations can be this whole new business model. Correct. And that is a tall order, uh, Kevin. You know, um, I wish, uh, you know, there was an easier solution to that. Uh, and there, there isn't an easier solution because, you know, because we're dealing with humans and humans are complex beings. We all know that, uh, you know, including ourselves there. So, so yeah, so I wish there was an easier uh, thing, but there isn't. Uh, having said that, as you rightly said, there is a huge mindset shift that's required uh, to deal with challenges of 21st century. And, um, you know, and mindset, of course, is, is at the center of this, right? And as you, as you talk about different mindsets, you know, uh, the, the nomadic, the builder, and the settler, I think there's merit in each of those mindsets. Uh, but it's also creating awareness in what situation do you leverage what mindset, right? Mm. So sometimes, um, you know, if you are doing something, you know, you've already, you've come into a situation where something is already created, it's already built, uh, you have to sustain it. Then maybe a settler mindset will be helpful for the next 12 months, 18 months, whatever's the time period. But if you've got into a situation where you're creating something from scratch or you're just building something or you're, you know, or you're building a new business model or you're building a new structure, whatever it could be, then of course the builder mindset is required because you know, you're, you're, you're beginning to build. Uh, but if you're in the exploratory uh, phase of, of any business, of any, you know, maybe your career or whatever, then the nomadic mindset is really good there because you're exploring, you're picking the best out of different things. And then therefore you're putting that in action. Uh, now, the thing is, but of course, the nomadic mindset is helpful all the time because even as, you, as you're a settler, you don't want to settle for too long because then you become narrow. Uh, you know, and therefore, again, you need to go out and kind of you know, uh, explore, look at other things, you know, experience different things and get it back to whatever you're doing. So to me, uh, I would think there's like a constant need to move uh, different mindsets, uh, you know, the three mindsets that you talk about. Uh, and also, even even if you're a builder mindset or a settler mindset, you need to keep going back to being a nomadic mindset. That, that's the way I look at it. I think, uh, you know, maybe you could promote my book for me in this particular... <laughs> <laughs> Could you, 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 you have it all down pat. No, it's so very true because it's very interesting. I have a, a story around that is, is that because I say that we have all three of those mindsets within us, yeah. we just have a dominance for more, more than another. Right. And that may change at different times. However, we may need to access and call on it, as you say, at different times. And so, for example, I, I was working on this project with um, a, an artist and she came to me and she said, I wanted to do an exhibition around the three mindsets. And I said, okay, that sounds very cool. I didn't think that <laughs> a leadership book would be turned mm. into uh, art. And anyway, but it's more about the conversation that I had with her is that, yes, I'm a nomad and I have, and I have a nomadic mindset dominance. And so she, she does, but it's extreme. And mm. what happened was in conversations with me is that I felt myself moving into a builder mindset. When I had the conversations, because I was trying to track her down as to where, do, how do I uh, structure this? How do I, what are the dates? What are all the sort yeah. of logistics? And I was trying to get into that particular form. And, and there was like this out of, out of body experience going, oh, what am I doing here? And, and thinking, yes. And that is the whole malleability and the plasticity of our mind to be able to shift, yeah. right? That's correct. And so, how can then 
the blocking, what is that doing to that malleability? Yeah. So the block, you know, uh, the, the block can, can be triggered by different things, right? In this case, as you said, uh, it was triggered uh, by you not being in control. You know, I'm just using that very mildly, but yeah, you know, so, so for even for the, for us to even look at a solution for a block or see what's, you have to look at what's causing that block. Mm. Um, you know, in this case, uh, what caused that block, right? Uh, or what, what was causing that block? Um, and therefore then there's a solution. So, uh, you know, so for my, uh, in the book, I talk about, uh, five strategies to overcome block. And those are again, depending on the triggers of the block. Sometimes you need to apply more than one strategy. Sometimes it could be one strategy or sometimes it could be all strategies. So it just depends on what we're looking at. You know, sometimes when we're trying too much to be in control, um, I have a strategy which says, let it pass. You know, sometimes you can't control what you can't control. Uh, because as leaders, again, we have bias for action, right? We always want to be in control. We want to take action. And sometimes the best thing to do is not take action for a bit uh, or let the, you know, let, let the tide take its own course sometimes. So depending on the triggers of block, you look for a solution uh, for that block. Hmm. That's great. I love the way you talk about control here is that... And, and that's what happens, right? A lot of the time is that we control yeah. and th therefore there's a, like this overarching power that comes even over our mindset to control right. something. And I love what you say about not taking action because so much time where it was like action, action, we need to take action, we need right. to go. And sometimes it, it gets very weary, you know? Yes. It gets uh, very exhausting to just think we have to, have to, have to, have to. and. I don't know, but in your coaching, sometimes I get annoyed at the fact that we have to reach a goal at the very end, which is really locked. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it, you feel the same way, but I sometimes feel that why do we have to always take action? Why can't we just open it up and explore it and see what comes up? Right. So, um, Kevin, one of the ways I try and uh, work around that is that while I work with a goal in my coaching, but I also ask uh, the leader select one thing, which a lot of time is not even communicated back to the, to the sponsor. I ask him to select one area where he or she wants to work or explore further. So that's, that's an area where we don't put a, like put a very, uh, you know, very specific goal, but we just say this is an area we're exploring. So that's, uh, and, and that's something we continue to work on. So it kind of provides a good balance uh, for the leader and for me to kind of say, okay, there's one that we are working towards where the sponsors are you know, would want to know how we are progressing, how we are moving towards it. But then there is this one goal of yours that we are exploring or one area that you that, that's close to you and we are exploring that further. So that's how I strike that balance. Mm, that's great the way you uh, share that with us. Oh, by the way, I just want to let everyone know that the, this is a great book, the leadership book. I have read it and I felt really consumed by it. And uh, she, Rito has a, an incredible use of the great language and the storytelling. So, so grab it as you go along. But before we end this time, I would like to ask you one final thing. And that is, what do you, what are three things that you feel that people should do in coaching or might want to explore in coaching as well around the leadership block and the way we deal with it? Yeah. Um, so one of the one of the ways to get through leaders block is highly recommend coaching, right? Having a coach or a mentor. 
And through coaching, very specifically, I would say is that, you know, one, maybe you're not going through a leader's block. It's fine. You still have a coach. So coach is not for somebody only when they are going through a leader's block. Uh, you know, maybe maybe you're beginning to get, you maybe you're beginning to feel something, but maybe yet it's it's still not a leader's block. Uh, so that's that's a clarification that it's not necessarily that you've got a coach uh, only when you've got leaders block. Um, but coaching is a great way to build awareness of you know of the signs, the symptoms, the triggers of leaders block, uh, and then also coaching helps you uh, build that awareness for yourself and for your teams. Uh, and then of course it's a great way to overcome leaders block because through coaching, uh, you know, you get a sounding board, you get somebody who's who's listening to you, you actually end up listening to yourself and you, you start to come up with solutions. Uh, you start to see a bigger picture. You start to take some actions, uh, which then help you overcome the leader's block that you're going through. Uh, so coaching, you're in leader's block or not yet, or, um, you know, or some, some of your team members, uh, one of your team members in a leader's block, it's a great way to address all those things. Thanks very much for that. That's really wonderful information for all of us and to be able to take forward. Ritu, if there's one last thing that you would like to share with the, our guests around leadership, humanizing leadership, what would that one thing be? Or maybe it's a quote that you love very much. Yes, it's a, it's a quote. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's a quote, but it, yeah, it's a thought that I really love and I love to share. It's that, remember, every leader stumbles. The great ones learn how to recover. I think uh, you know that's really my parting, uh, you know, parting quote uh, to to the listeners. Uh, just remember that. Yeah. Can you repeat it again? Because I think it's so great that you need to repeat it again for everyone. <laughs> uh, the quote is: "Every leader stumbles; the great ones learn how to recover." Wow. Well, let us all recover. And let us all stumble <laughs> because with stumbling, we need to recover. It's also very important. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you very much for this beautiful time with you, Rito. And you have really helped not only me understand a little bit more about what you're doing in Leadership Block, but also you've really introduced something to our guests, which I think is very valuable. And especially the leaders that we'll be talking. Well, actually, everyone's a leader. Everybody goes through Block, right? That's correct. So it's, it's, That's correct. it's really for everyone. And so thank you very much, yeah. Ritu. Appreciate it very much. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kevin, for having me um, on your show. And uh, I'm really excited to see, you know, how leaders respond to it. But, but all the best to you, too, with all the other guests that you're going to bring on your show. So thank you so much for having me. Great. You've been listening to The Nomadic Mindset Season 1. My name is Kevin Cottom, and I invite you to find out more about The Nomadic Mindset at thenomadicmindset.com. Until next time, make it a point to go nomading and start discovering your nomadic mindset.